Hello and welcome to the Cabot Cast. My name is Madison and I'm one of your hosts. I use they, them pronouns. Are you going by Madison on this podcast now or are you going by Maddie? Oh no. <laughs> Switch it up. Listen, if you want to go by Madison now, that's fine. I just was letting you know that usually you go by Maddie on this podcast. I do. There are more than one name in my life. I, I'm trans. I can't decide. Okay, well, you can let us know which one you'd like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maddie works. Okay, do you want to do it again? No, I think that's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your other host, Carter, and I also use they, them pronouns. So in the last section, Mia continued going to princess lessons with Grimmare, and she dealt with fighting with her best friend, Lily, and she also developed a friendship with Tina, which, you know... We love that bodyguard romance. Yeah, right? The real the real previously on here is that is that Mia and Tina's bodyguards fell in love. They're in love. Her Mia and Lana are in love, and so are um actually that continues in this section, quite honestly. Um <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> and also in the last section, her world was turned upside down when the news that she's a princess was leaked to the press. Which we might find out in this section. We do. We definitely do because this is the end of the book. Um, who <laughs> leaked it to the press? It's not like a stay tuned in the Princess Diaries to find out next time who leaked it to the press. We find out in this section. Yeah, there is no stay tuned because we finished the book. I hope you all sure. also finish the book. This is um, the last episode of the Princess Diaries that we're doing. Yeah. And stay, stay tuned to the end of the show, to the end of the episode, where we will tell you what we're reading next. Or you can look on our Twitter right now, because it's there. <laughs> you know, if you're following us on social media, you'd get the inside scoop. Yeah, uh, we like to announce things there so that um, if you are reading along, that way you can order the book a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. So in this section um, that we read... Mia deals with the aftermath of the whole world, and therefore her whole school finding out that she's a princess. I wish I was a royal of some sort. Like, I just, listen, I I hear Mia, this is a problem, but also, like, kind of first world problems, my pal. <laughs> like, the ver- very much the epitome of first world, world problems. I just, I want, I want money. <laughs> Money would be nice. And like I agree. eat the rich, but like I too would like money to do things. I feel like we don't really see Mia grappling with like how much money that she has now. Like Like Lily brings it up briefly in one of the previous sections, but I don't think, yeah, she really comprehends that she can do whatever the hell she wants now. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, because, you know, there probably are people trying to, like, you know, murder her. Yeah, I mean, that's what Lars is there for, though. Yeah, you just keep Lars around and you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, the power that she has, um, and I think that also is really shown in this section. When she goes to school um, really early on in this section, she wears some of her, like, vegetarian and vegan, like, buttons like about animal cruelty and honestly Mia's an early influencer is who she is because she's wearing those and promoting the causes that she cares about and I think that's really cool yeah I really love that she's like oh I have a platform here I should do something with it yeah and she's speaking out for what she believes in which honestly that's one of my favorite parts about Mia as a whole and Mia as a character and definitely something that 
I've grown to love in this book about her. Yeah, absolutely. Although there is the fact that the reason she's able to speak out about these things is the fact that the press is absolutely hounding her. Yeah, um, I think it's really actually kind of interesting that in this section they talk about Princess Diana and how Princess Diana died in school. Mm. Um, Not in school as in they were learning it in school, in school in the sense of Mia's here. Let's talk about how Princess Diana died, which like, okay, you're being hounded by the press and to have like the extra stress of literally Princess Diana died because the paparazzi was following her and her car crash. And though there was that brief conspiracy theory in it, it, she died because of the paparazzi. Um, (laughs) But like knowing that that's how Princess Diana died, it's really interesting to me that the reveal that we get in this book coming back to a little bit what we talked about earlier is that Grand Mare leaked it to the press and why would Grand Mare knowing that that's how Princess Diana died want to leak that and put Mia in that position to therefore be in harm's way yeah I don't think she was thinking about it like that I think she just wants Mia to like be in the spotlight and you know like represent her country etc etc but it's the worst and the fact that she leaked this without any sort of consent from Mia is the pits it's so bad yeah it's not it's not good yeah like Mia's already dealing with finding out that she was a princess which is a lot on its own but then having all of like the choices taken away from her and the agency of when she's able to make that public and like deal with the wider repercussions of that and how it's going to change her dynamics with literally everyone she knows is it sucks like grandma should have talked to her about it first and the thing is it does change her dynamics instantly with like lana and josh when they choose to sit at the lunch table with her because she's a princess now oh yeah they like they're not subtle about it either they just are like oh all of a sudden we want to be your friend and of course, Mia's like, uh, this is weird, but also I'm not going to say no. Like, these are the <laughs> coolest people in school. Yeah, and I kind of question Mia a little bit. Like, I get that, like, that's that age. You want to be around the people that um, you care about. But I really think that that's something Mia's going to grow from maybe in future books is that she doesn't really need the popular people. She needs just her and her friends. Yeah, absolutely. The people who really like her for being really her. As we talked about in previous sections, though, Mia's very, very, like, in that stage of her life where she wants that validation and she wants to be liked. And so when a bunch of people are then liking her and, like, showing her this attention, she's like, oh, okay, cool, let's go with this. Yeah, I also think it was wild that Lana was like, I would go to Disney World after that happens. Like, what is this? The Super Bowl? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the hell? Like, there, I don't, I don't understand how the two correlate. It isn't like Mia's going to become a Disney princess from this, which, I mean, like, in technicality she did, but, like, that wasn't intentional. (laughs) She did indeed become a Disney princess. In the end, yeah. Yeah, good for her. No, but, like, she was, she was like, I would go to Disney, which, it's not like she doesn't have, we know she's very rich. She could go to Disney. What's stopping you? Yeah, I mean, but also, like, Lana, calm down. You don't need to go to Disney once you find out you're a princess. In fact, that might be very dangerous. 
given the fact that she needs Lars in the first place. Fair enough. I just, like, you don't need to be a princess to go to Disney. She knows that, right? They'll let her in. <laughs> Disney stops you at the gates. Sorry, you're not a princess. Um, princesses only past this point. <laughs> Isn't there, like, some exclusive club in Disney for rich people? Like, Oh, club, yeah. I think it's, like, Club 54 or something like that? Yeah. I- there is and uh, and there's just there's also like people who um there's like different like gangs and disney disney is intense and disney adults um as much as i love my disney adult friends i do i really do love you but it's a lot and i don't get it (laughs) (laughs) as someone who never lived near uh either the disney world or disneyland i just i can't can't relate (laughs) There's also, like, the fact that you can sleep in, like, Cinderella's castle, but that's, like, super fucking expensive. Like, sure, Mia could do that, but, like, she has a real castle. Who the fuck needs Cinderella's castle? Right? Just go to Genovia. She could probably make them build a Disney in Genovia if she really wanted. It's it's a tourist country. That's true. Um, I do think that Disney might have a say in that. She could make a knockoff Disney, though. <laughs> Oh, it looks like it's Club 33. 33. Listen, we knew it was Club something with numbers. I've decided that Lana's one true life goal is to get into Club 33, and that's why she's so jealous. Lana's a Disney gay. <laughs> Lana is a Disney gay. <laughs> We've got the title of our episode, so we're in. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> related, but... Kind of related. When I mean, it's related. Um, During the scene where Lana and Josh join Mia in the cafeteria, Josh has a truly silly amount of food on his tray, and I think that it's written just to, like, highlight how incompatible he is with Mia, because he's like, I have 67 cheeseburgers and, like, (laughs) five gallons of milk and, like, a Twinkie and, like, but... It's just very silly to me, and it's very relatable. Me too. I'm under a big fleece blanket right now. I'm sweating. Uh, you need to get sheets. It's at least a little bit better. I know. Uh, I know. I know. Listen, this is the life of what podcasters are. If anyone, True. if you want to leave this part in. <laughs> um <laughs> Behind the curtain. Behind the curtains of our podcast. We record under blankets, and it is the middle of summer, and we are sweating. We suffer for you. And neither of us can have our air or fans on, and it sucks. And I know you hear a noise in the background. That's my computer overheating. Um, Very sorry about that. We're just going to have to survive through it because um, we're not billionaires who own an extra room to put um, podcasting equipment and sound things up, so... Not yet. We don't have that sweet podcast money. Mm, I don't think I'll ever uh, get to that point in New York City. Where would I put an extra room? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, back on topic. So when Lana invites Mia to the pre-dance, Mia was very pure and she was like, my mom wouldn't let me go to a party like that. And like personally... I wish I could still use the my mom won't let me go excuse because I used that to get out of so many things that I didn't want to go to. And now as an adult, I have to come up with a good reason. And when all my friends are so tied to one another, it's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, you can't just be like, there's gonna be alcohol at this party. Oh, my mom said I can't go. <laughs> like, love Simon when he's like, Mom, people are drinking. <laughs> you call your mom like half the country away, and you're like, Mom, come pick me up. Honestly, if it was bad enough, I'm pretty sure she would, which is very sweet of her. But, like, I should not put her in that situation. Fair enough. Moms are very good. Moms are very good, mostly, for the most part. If your mom isn't good, listen, I'm your mom now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not a a woman, but you may... I'm your mom. (laughs) Neither of us are women, but we are your moms. Yes, exactly. And if your dad's bad, I'll be your dad, too. Listen, I'll be both of your parents for you. Just let me know. Welcome to the podcast where your parents talk about the Princess Diaries. (laughs) I know you never expected to hear that, but... (laughs) Your parents talk about the Princess Diaries and a lot of gay shit. (laughs) Did you see that meme Katrina sent us? No, I didn't. About us? No. Go look at Twitter right now. There's a meme about us? Yeah, go look at Twitter right now. We've made it. I retweeted it earlier. You just need to look. All right, y'all. So Katrina tweeted us the absolute best thing I've ever seen. It's a meme with a goose holding a knife that says, looking for homoerotic subtext, and if I cannot find it, I will create it. That's us on this podcast. indeed us. Thank you so much, Katrina. Like, that is so good. That was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. You know us so well. Yeah. Um, Anyway, back on topic. So... Mia is completely and totally infatuated with Josh, and we really, really see it in this section, don't we? But we saw it in every section before. This is just a little different. It's different when someone likes you back. It's a different feeling. It is. And, and like, she's had this kind of hopeless crush on her, on him. Uh, on her? Mm, gay. Mm, plot twist. <laughs> it's Lana. <laughs> she's had this hopeless crush on him for her. so long that... <laughs> Switching switching gears here. It's time to talk about how Mia and Lana are gay. Listen, is that just what this podcast is about now? Who knows? I'm telling you, where's my fan fiction, y'all? Y'all have disappointed us. You have not sent us any fan fiction. It's okay. I'll wait patiently. You can send it to us later. I'm not very patient, but I can try to be. We can be patient for this. Mm. (laughs) Can I be patient? Is that possible (laughs) for me? That's a question. I believe in you. So, Mia's been totally infatuated with Josh for the entire book, but now that he likes her back or is, like, showing her any amount of attention, she's hopeless. Like, she's just head over heels, can't think, can't, like, move, can't form a coherent sentence, which, like, relatable, but also, come on, Mia, please. Listen, as someone who currently, um, is in that state... (laughs) I'm in mood. It's when the moment that I really related to in this, because I, I am currently in this moment, um, is the part where she's like, doesn't know what assignment she has in class. And that was literally me <laughs> all week this week. I've been like, what the heck am I supposed to be doing? I have things to do. But instead, I'm just texting this person and thinking about this person, which makes it a little like makes me sound obsessive. But really, I just I got the feels. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how crushes work sometimes. Yeah. And she was like, she has this on her page where she writes down her homework yeah she's literally just like algebra question mark question mark question mark world civ question mark question question mark i don't know me too (laughs) me too buddy i've been in my 
head all day and I can't get out. <laughs> Listen, sometimes we have priorities. That's true. So talk soon about the after... date. Talk about the date. Talk about the date. Yeah, hold on. I gotta I gotta intro it first. No, just talk about it. It's so good. There's no intro needed. It's just it's just a mess. So Josh and Lana break up. Because me is a princess. Because me is a princess. Again. He's not being subtle at all. He just... Which, honestly, maybe that's the good redemption that uh, Lana needs. And so then Lana and Mia get together and form an alliance against Josh because Josh is a butthead. Yeah, no, I really hope that Lana realizes that she does not deserve this horrible person after this and does not take him back. Yes, I agree. But also, he broke up with her at the Hard Rock Cafe under Madonna's iconic pointy cone bra, which is deeply funny to me. It's so funny. Like, what a uh, landmark. (laughs) When you can't watch a Madonna music video without crying anymore because you got broken up under her bra. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I feel for Lana, honestly. I do too. I want, I want, again, I want like a team up against Josh and Josh being a dick that Mia and Lana get together and they like plan something in some sort of like teen YA way where like, they're like, let's get back and get revenge on Josh. But instead of getting revenge, they just fall in love with each other. I adore this. Someone needs to write this Listen, right now. full rights to whoever writes this. I, I just was spewing my gay brain. Listen, Carter gave you all the basis you need for an amazing fic. Yeah, I just can't write in their voices, so someone else do it. So, so yeah, Josh asked me to the dance, which, like, bullshit, but okay. Um, it's, like, the same day as the dance, right? Yeah, no, it's the day before the dance, but Josh asked me out, like, two hours after he breaks up, breaks up with Lana. Like, But, like, even day before the dance, like, poor Lana, who now has to either find a new date or just not go and yeah. on top of that, Mia has to, like, put together an outfit that fast, which, like, ends up working out fine because she's rich we've been through this but imagine if she wasn't rich more than that imagine if she wasn't rich and she was fat like there's like personally as a fat person like you can't put things together in a day you need much more notice than that that's just like not yeah it really is not how it works no not at all because like a lot of times you have to special order things online because Uh, No stores will carry your size because everyone's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. And this is like the early 2000s where like Torrid, the one plus size store, did not even exist. Yep. 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 Yeah. There was Debs though. That was a Mm, good throwback. A good throwback. That one died. Yeah. That is where I got my, I think, two of my homecoming dresses in high school. You're welcome. And now I wouldn't wear a dress, even if someone was, like, threatening to, like, push me into traffic. You know, fair. Yeah. I'm wearing a suit to a wedding. This has just been a life Carter update. Um, Oh, I love that. I can't wait to see your suit pictures. Thank you. It's a light pink suit, even, which is even better, because a black suit's boring. It is. Um, Thanks for coming to my Carter update. I'll know I've made it when I have enough money to get myself a suit. I can't wait. Right? It's going to be so good. At some point, I want one of the Wild Fang ones where they, like, are custom made to your sizes. I want one of the cool ones with, like, patterns. and Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, wait. yes, yes, yes. Same. 
Okay. Thanks. Thank you all for like um, listening to us, even though sometimes we just go off and talk about suits and stuff. Like, thanks for coming to the fashion cast. The fashion cast. Ooh, I like that. Is that a new segment where we talk about all the outfits that um, appear in the book? It is indeed. <laughs> no, it's not. Because um, I can't keep track of outfits in a book. Yeah. No. I. You think I can talk about fashion? That's really funny. <laughs> I recently counted, and I have six pairs of overalls. All right, you can talk about fashion, because that's admirable. I love that. (laughs) I am a fashion icon. My pair of overalls that I have, like, doesn't really fit me anymore. You know, the one that I used to wear all of the time. Mm -hmm. And it makes me so sad. Get a new pair. Actually, Hot Topic has a bunch of short alls that I know you love Hot Topic. Um, Yeah. They have a bunch of shirt alls with a bunch of patterns, and they were on sale this past week, so I'm pretty sure they're Ooh. probably still on sale. Oh, I will look into that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's where I got two of mine, the sunflower ones and my constellation ones. I love those sunflower ones. They're so good. Me too. All right. Back to the Princess Diaries. Right. We're here for a podcast, not we just are. chatting about clothes. It's true. But Grammaire gets very excited about helping me out with, like, looking good for this dance and having an outfit and like dyeing her shoes the same color as the dress which apparently is the is a thing you do i didn't know that was a thing quite honestly until i read that section and i was like oh um i guess i guess that you could that's an option i would just buy some in black (laughs) yeah black matches everything yep exactly or white if you really gotta go wild maybe brown true I don't feel like brown matches much, but again, I know nothing about fashion. I mean, it matches stuff if you are, I just have chosen to make my life a um, color and black uh, clothing item. And then I look at brown and go, you don't match the rest of my wardrobe. Sorry, I can't have you. Yeah. All of my clothes are like black or or gray, which makes everything easier. Yeah, it does. Anyway. Now that we've talked about fashion three separate times. <laughs> Listen, that's what was important. Um, I think that uh, I think that our queen, the queen, and not by the queen, I mean Dagger Princess, whatever, fuck that. Um, she's a queen to me. Um, <laughs> I think that like she'd be proud of us in our fashion conversations. Yeah, I agree. We're caring about how we look. And in fact, this would be a great segue, but we're not going to do it. Oh, no. Spoilers for later in the podcast. We might be talking about fashion again. Yeah, we just really are into fashion this episode. Yeah, I guess so. So let's talk about this date, though, because this date is extremely awkward, y'all. Oh, it's so bad. Really fast, I want you to know that I've been to Tavern on the Green, and that thing's expensive. It sounds like a fancy place. It's an expensive restaurant right in Central Park. Um, My roommate, when I first moved here, uh, for her 21st birthday, her parents gave her like $500 for both of us to go to dinner there, and we spent the entire thing. (laughs) No, that's too much money for food. Between drinks, dinner, and dessert. I had a creme brulee. I was living my best life personally, but... (laughs) I love and support you, but wow. Yeah, um, it was very fun, and Anna and I had a good time. Anna was my roommate at the time. So jo- all of Josh's pals show up, and he ordered his steak for all of them, so like he was spending a lot of money. A lot. My roommate and I both got like chicken meals, which are both, like, you know, chicken is usually a cheaper option on the menu. Yeah, I can't fathom 
how much money he spent. Me neither. Also, like, the steak thing. He orders steak for Mia. Red flag number one. Our girl is a vegetarian, and we all know this. Yeah, like, she was wearing those buttons the day he sat with her at lunch. We've been through this. What the fudge? Honestly. I don't know if I could cuss in this podcast still. They haven't flagged us yet. (laughs) (laughs) You've sworn, like, four different times in this recording, and now is when you put your foot down. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know what's allowed. (laughs) This will be our explicit episode. Yeah, it's okay. So yeah, like, they also have nothing in common, like, truly no conversation going. Mia repeatedly is like, wow, it's so weird. When I hang out with Michael Moskovitz, I can actually, like, we have fun conversations. And I can't say more than, like, two words to Josh. Okay, buddy, I got I got something to, to tell you and to tell everyone. If you are on a date and you're thinking about another person in which... You might have feelings for regardless of gender um i have i i think you might have to look into the fact that you might not be into the person you're with but in fact into the other person yeah if you're repeatedly comparing your date to another person maybe go on a date with the other person I feel like that's just common sense, though. Like, we all should know this. But again, like, a child. Like, literally, do you know this? Feelings are funky. Sometimes you don't. Feelings are just a funky thing that sometimes you got to work through. And, um, Mia, buddy, buddy, can I tell you a secret? I think you very clearly like Michael. Which is, like, the very obvious superior choice for her, but she's... Oh, absolutely. You know, she's dazzled. Mm-hmm. So, also, at this restaurant, what the heck was that comment about the redhead married guy? She was like, I, this is my first married guy that was interested in me, and I'm like, what the heck, Mia? Mia, you can't just say that! Yeah, some, some dude that just got married, like, eyes her, and she's like, me? Little old me? And it's like, why are you so excited about a married guy? Like, mm, mm, I feel like not what you're achieving in life. <laughs> no. Is that, was that some sort of, like, known pop culture thing in the early 2000s? That, like, if a married guy looks at you, like a Sex in the City-esque fact or something? I wonder. Yeah. Because that, that would track. Because it just seems so out of the blue. I was a child at the time, so I would not know. I was a child child. Mia might be a child, but I was a child. Yeah, we were babies. Let's talk about that kiss. Let's. I have to find it in the notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is my book club notes. That's why it was talking about Christopher Columbus. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong book. (laughs) Carter reads too many books. Confirmed. I'm in an anti-racist book club. It's great. Um... And we had a conversation relating it back to Columbus Day today. And it's It's really good. Yeah, it was a very good book club. Anyway. Can you confirm that I believe you're actually in two book clubs? Or is that wrong? I am in two book clubs, yeah. For anti-racist. You're an inspiration. I I mean, we're reading the same book, so it's not like I have to reread. It's just I'm having different discussions. Fair. And, I mean, it's good to have multiple discussions about this topic in particular. So Definitely. And I like other people's opinions. I like listening. <laughs> yeah. I need to be in more book clubs. Uh, this one was through the HPA. Nice. I will look into it. Okay. Where were we? Right. Kissing. Let's talk about kissing. Kissy kiss. Yeah. 
Let's. This kiss was real bad. Mm-hmm. That was a very bad kiss. I don't. Mm, yeah. ah, mm. <laughs> Zero out of ten would not recommend. Listen, the story of my first kiss, cute, precious, full of irony and th- that. But this kiss, that first kiss story, that is honestly much more relatable, I think, to people. I like, I don't know about you, but like anytime I've had like a first kiss discussion with someone, it's always been this discussion of my first kiss was bad. Here is how. And I'm always like, I got really lucky because mine's just a funny story. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I have heard a lot of people have not good first kiss stories. Yeah, no. And it's just, I'm glad that one, it's represented so that people, like, you know, have their first kiss and they're preaching their leg. At least it wasn't as bad as Mia's. Um, but on the other sure. hand, that just sucks for Mia. Yeah. I mean, it's assault is what it is. Yep. Yep. For those who aren't reading along, um, what happened was when they arrived to the dance, there was the paparazzi were there and in front of the paparazzi josh kissed her unexpectedly um she expected him to be opening the door to bring them into the building all the lights were going off so she couldn't really see and then all of a sudden his mouth was on hers and she described it as very not good welcome to carter's kissing corner in this corner we're going to learn about how to kiss someone for the first time. You go, hi, um, we are presumably talking for multiple times at this point and <laughs> hanging out for a multiple time. And I would like to kiss you. Would that be okay? And then the person goes, yes or no. Without that, yes, you cannot kiss them. I don't know how to nicely describe that to you. There isn't a nice way. The answer is don't kiss them unless they say yes. Yeah. Please ask for consent first. Yes. Even kissing needs consent. It's true. Also, I promise you that if the paparazzi are there, it is not an appropriate time for your first kiss. And also, like, that's a dick move to even ask at that time. So, like, it was just bad all around. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Also, the thing about the kiss is, like, it goes back to the situation before with Grimaire outing her to the press. All of her autonomy is being taken away from her. She is already going through this huge change in her life, and every big decision she could make is being made by someone else. And it sucks. Yeah, well, it also equates to, um, I think, something that often comes up in children's lit, which is a lack of agency that children have. Um, my children's yeah. lit professor would just be very proud about proud of me for remembering this from children's lit, but I think it kind <laughs> of makes Mia more relatable when she doesn't have agency, and it sucks. Yes, it does. As an adult, I agree, but I think like as a kid reading this, you're like, oh, this person, even though in an extraordinary situation, also doesn't have control over her life, which is a struggle that most um, YA protagonists face. I 100% agree, and I think that it's really important for YA Lit to portray that, like, lack of empowerment that a lot of children face, and I know certainly I had those feelings of, like, powerlessness when I was young, and you're right that reading about someone who just, like, on paper got all this power, but is still facing these same relatable experiences is really awesome. Yeah. 
It's really important, I think, for kids to understand that um, even though they don't have power, which sucks and we should be allowing children, especially as they grow up, to get more agency, that struggle isn't rare and just you and just something you're going through. It's something that your peers are going through. It's something that kind of everyone goes through, unless they have just really cool parents that know at what point children should be given more agency. Most parents don't. Most parents suck at that. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Unless your parent might be a psychologist. Maybe Lily's parents are the answer. Perhaps. Perhaps Lily's parents are the ones who know when to give her agency, which is why Lily is the way she is. (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh on the topic of lily the hose the the hose protest came back up in discussion mm, and they so they bad. outright say the word racist and i had a moment where i went this is just this is just a disaster and like i know i know for a fact because we follow meg cabot and all of her stuff she currently would not believe that but as times have changed but also even then it's not racism. I don't know how to tell you that for the zillionth time. Um, it's just so bad. And every time I read it, there's a part of me that goes, I just don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be yeah. in this conversation anymore. Can we stop talking about them? Yeah. Lily is just like very much does not comprehend that she is speaking from a place of complete ignorance. And privilege. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that like, Honestly, if the book was written today and in a different context, that one wouldn't have been in there. But since it wasn't and it was set in the time it is, I also think now in 2020, Lily would not believe the in the same way. Like she would like she would have yeah. grown by now. Yeah, I agree. Also speaking of Lily, the fight that Lily and me have been having has been pretty drawn out through most of the end of this book. But after the whole situation with Josh, Lily kind of gets over herself and wants to support Mia because Mia just went through an awful thing. And Lily and Tina support her and comfort her together. And it's really pure. Yeah, it is very good. I also just really fast want to um, address the fact that in our notes it says Lily and Tina support her. And my brain went Lena. (laughs) That's their (laughs) ship name. Lily and Tina get together. Their ship name is Lena. Tilly? Oh, I also Lena. would take Tilly. Um, <laughs> I think Lena. Lena. Yeah. I don't know. That's just yeah. where my brain's at today, apparently. Just want to make everything I, that That goose meme, that was us. Okay, maybe it's just me. Yeah. Maybe I'm the goose. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that TikTok that's like, well, if you're going to be a silly goose, you can just get in the pond. No. It's very good. And now I can't stop thinking about it. That's me. If I'm just going to be a silly goose, I can just get in the pond. <laughs> Carter's a goose. I am. Carter the goose. Carter's a TikTok goose. That's, that is more accurate than you might think. <laughs> okay, so what's I think um, really interesting about Mia's list just really fast, like throughout these this book I was thinking about this is she is basically through um making them she's kind of making it like come into reality so it's almost like a vision board and those kind of things which are like two steps away from what witchcraft is um but (laughs) I just I always think it's so interesting I don't know 
And I'll talk more about witchy stuff once we get to Jinx. One day. One day. I can't wait to read Jinx. It's going to be real good. One day I will get to bring witchcraft into this podcast, and that will be the day. It'll be. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. I think that Mia's lists are awesome and that she is I nope I didn't fit I didn't have a finish to that sentence Give wow me. what I wanted to say thank something you so much like for Mia's just list. agreeing with me and not bringing any new points <laughs> <laughs> shut up I hate you <laughs> that's half this podcast <laughs> it's just us going yeah and that's it oh I know what I want to say if fire people would stop being so close God, why do people keep lighting their houses on fire? I don't know. Maybe if they stopped setting off fireworks, they wouldn't do it. This podcast has been brought to you by Anti-Fires. We're anti-fire here on the Cabot Cast. Yeah, listen. I like the other elements. Earth, water, air, fire. No thanks. I really love Mia's lists. They are very relatable to me as someone who likes making to-do lists and likes like having things organized in that way it's just another way that i really connect to mia love that michael and mia are really cute they're a cute couple i love my bisexual icon right maybe michael's bi too yeah michael's bi i i mean like he makes zines Mm, you're right that is pretty gay (gasps) yeah what if michael's non-binary i don't know what you're basing this on but nothing i I just like the idea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just want more non-binary characters, so I'm asking for Michael to be non-binary because we already know Mia's Mia's like bisexual, so she'd be chill and be into it. But I just I don't know. I think it's I think it fit. It makes sense to me. I have no evidence. I just want someone to not be cis. There does not have to be any evidence. <laughs> no more cis. No more cis. <laughs> Down with cis. Which on that topic, the end of the book. Mm. Okay, really fast before we get into that, let's just cover the rest. Um, Mia does definitely really grow in this last part, um, choosing her friends over um, going to the party like she originally planned. And also, like, I don't know, just kind of her end character growth. She's she's becoming more confident, I think, and finding out who she is. And that's, I think, a big step in YA and why YA exists. It's a discovery of self. And also, also... Can we talk for a second about the sentence, figuring out what Michael does alone in his room all the time? Oh, no. Bad. My brain went places when I read that, and I had a moment. We learn he does music, by the way, just just for the record for everyone's brain who also went places. Um, He's a musician. Yeah, he is. It's pure. Get your mind out of the gutter. It's in the gutter. It's far in the gutter because he's a teenage boy, and what else? am I supposed to think? Well, I guess he's non-binary now. So that changed things, <laughs> didn't it? According to us. <laughs> it gets my mind out of the gutter. All right. I can't emphasize enough how bad and weird the last page or so of this book is. It's the worst ending and I had no recollection of it and I'm so mad about it. Honestly, I read that last page and I went, oh, that's, that's how you finish the book? That's how you... Why? The rest of the book's so good. And then, I mean, like, they're issues. Do you want to describe what happens? Yeah. So there's a weird throwaway joke earlier in the book about a man who pretends to be blind and then feels up people who walk him across the street, help him walk across the street. And at the end, 
Grandmare's like, you should help this man. And Mia's like, no way. And then Grandmare helps this man, and he assaults her. And why are we making a joke out of sexual assault? I don't know. I don't know why this? it was necessary. Like, it, it added nothing to the story. It added nothing to describing Grandmare at all. Because I'm like, okay, cool. She walked a blind man across the street. But, like, why did he have to actually, like, sexually assault her? What does that add? What was the value in that? And also, there's, a like, a slight bit of transphobia, too, at the end. And it just, it just was a really, really sucky way to end a book. That was doing so good. It was doing so good. Yeah. The transphobia bit is there's a bit at the end where after Grandmare's like yelling and making a scene, um, one of Mia's neighbors comes out to see what's up who quote unquote used to be a man. Which, why was that necessary? It wasn't is the answer. And like, listen, Meg Cabot, if I were you, I'd just take out that last chapter it's so bad. It is so, so bad. Like, I yeah, can't... it's not good. I, my, this book was so good up until that last chapter. I just needed, like, to rip out the last, like, five pages. Yeah, I really just... Please. It just was so... It's... I'm, I'm over it. I can't talk about it. I just... I'm, yeah. I'm done. It was unnecessary and bad. hmm And that's the end of the book. On that note, what are your final thoughts? What... what what feelings do you have after reading this book again as an adult and also reading it for this podcast and analyzing it so closely? Maddie. Reading this book was a really enjoyable experience. And I was worried when we started it that it wouldn't hold up or that I I was like remembering it too fondly. But it's fun to read. The characters are super relatable. I think for the most part, it's a really positive experience. There are a few bits that I know I didn't, like, I didn't process as a kid were not great that as an adult I am not happy about, and that made me very uncomfortable. But I also know that Meg Cabot has grown, and I'm sure that she does not believe these things that are in the book from 20 years ago. And I'm honestly excited to see how this series progresses and grows. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. Um, Especially, I've been keeping up with, like, the coronavirus diary stuff that she's been putting out just because I'm curious and I don't care about reading out of order. Um, And I, you can tell in her writing that she has grown and her politics have changed from what the early 2000s were and the way that you were supposed to describe these things or some of the issues that are being discussed. Um, yeah. Even if it's not the by the characters, the main characters themselves. Um, my final thoughts on the book, because this is the first time I've read it. Yeah, please tell me your thoughts. Tell me how you felt. I really liked it um it isn't my favorite meg cabot book i'm sorry to say still to this point um i think it was i think it was a very good one for us to start with and i think that i really liked mia i loved all of the gay stuff i got to just shove into this myself because there's just so much room for it too like there is and and I'm always a fan of a book that leaves enough room for me to play with the characters a bit in my head and be like, but what if, but what if? Um, and yeah, 
the characters are just strong enough to be characters on their own, but, like, malleable enough to fit what I need them to to relate to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you liked it. That makes me so happy. Yeah. I don't know. I love a good book. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. We like books here on the Cabot Cast. (laughs) If you didn't know. (laughs) Let's go in and have some princess lessons. Yeah, teach me some princess things. Okay, now that we finished the book and we talked for 70 billion years about fashion, um, let's talk about fashion again. Because <laughs> I'm not over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's first of all keep in mind when this was published, too, let's also keep in mind that this section heavily polices young girls' bodies and what they should and shouldn't wear. Um, but anyway, let's just you know, keep that in our brains as we go through these questions because it's a little bit bullshit. Noted. Yeah. So what should a princess never wear? A tank top, a camisole, thigh-high boots, or the color green? Which one, Maddie? I'm going to say a tank top. It's thigh-high boots. Huh. I know. Yeah, that's the one that they say that she can't wear. But the the color green one, I actually took that from the list. They said princesses can't wear the color fuchsia. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what a weird statement. <laughs> that's such a, yeah, what a random color. Oh, yeah. No fuchsia. Anyway, so what color are formal gowns not allowed to be? Pink, Well, I white. guess fuchsia. <laughs> You'd be correct. Um, (laughs) But of these colors, what color are formal gowns not allowed to be? Pink, white, pale blue, or yellow? White? Yellow. Princesses Hmm. can apparently wear white, which, like, I would think, like, not unless wedding or something, but no. Right, yeah. And also, it was really interesting. They never mentioned the color purple, like, throughout most of it. And I'm like, is that relating back to Lily's BPD comment? <laughs> or, or are you just ignoring the fact that purple is historically a royal color? It really is. Mm-hmm. It's, like, historically known and, like, recognized to be a royal color. So I just don't know why they don't include it. I'm like, buddy, you're missing purple. Wear more purple. If you want to be seen as royalty, we all just have to wear more purple. That's my advice. Carter's advice for fashion, not from the books. Excellent. I used to have my hair purple and I want to dye it purple again so that I can, everyone can think I'm royal. I love that. I've been actually recently dyeing my hair pink. Um, actually kind of fuchsia, so I guess I can't be a princess. <laughs> Whoops. Not with that attitude. <laughs> all right. What piece of jewelry matches everyday wear? I'm going to say, like, a nice, like, a nice bracelet, like, a nice subtle, like, charm bracelet. It's actually your grandmother's favorite item, a pearl necklace. And I say that because every grandmother loves a good pearl necklace. Um, (laughs) It's, I don't know, it just feels very classic and very not young, so, and that's really funny to me because, like, the whole point of her doing her hair and all that was to make her look you look like a good young girl like a, yeah yeah and it's interesting having like yeah jewelry that doesn't make you look young it makes you look old it makes you look like a grandma have you ever seen anyone under the age of 70 wear a pearl necklace i tried to once and i looked like a grandma and i took it off yeah they make you look like a grandma 
All right. Are you ready for the best question, though, in here? Yes. How close are tiaras to be worn to the hairline? This is very important because I think we all in our everyday wear need to wear more tiaras. So everyone, first of all, buy a tiara. Second, get on this and know how close your tiara has to, your tiara can be to your hairline. I want pictures of people wearing a tiara while they listen to our <gasps> Oh my podcast. gosh, could you please, everyone just wear some sort of crown. Um, and specifically, you got to make sure it isn't this close to the hairline. What is it, Maddie? A few inches? Two to three. So pretty much, yeah. So two to three nice. inches because otherwise it'll make you look bald. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And too far back it goes missing. Anyway, that's all. Um, I think that uh, for people listening, if you hadn't noticed, we did skip a behind the scenes section for this episode. But it was mostly because we really wanted to talk about our final thoughts on the book and really have a um discussion about that rather than going into some history or anything of this book or anything because we've kind of worn it out a bit um but yeah so you have that to look forward to in literally every other episode but this one we read this really really straight book right this this book was really straight oh yeah it was so straight so i think it's only fair now that we list just a few queer books for everyone to read to you know like cleanse the palate you gotta like you gotta take a moment and like really take a break from the straights and find your favorite new queer author or queer book less cis hats 2020 less cis hats my life (laughs) oh that was thunder oh is that what it is yeah the first book I have to recommend is Felix Ever After by Kaysen Callender. It just recently came out. It's a book about a black queer trans teen like falling in love and also getting revenge on a mystery transphobic bully. It's really, it's like a beautiful book and it explores first love and also coming to terms with your identity and how like your identity affects the way you interact with the world around you especially when you're young and still kind of like trying to figure that out it's also on a personal note the main character is working to get into brown university which is here in providence and that makes me very happy i love that i really love um case and calendar that's the answer yeah yeah Um, they're amazing yeah they are just a very good author so the first one on my list is actually my favorite book ever period end of story um, Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. I've been what saying, book. I've been saying it for years. This book was published in like 2012. Um, I read it probably in 2017 for the first time. Um, I was on a bus on my way back from DC to New York and I sat in that bus seat sobbing because the book was just that good. This book is about family and friendship by Benjamin Alir Sands, and I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, I just looked it up. (laughs) So Aristotle is this really, like, upset teenager, as we all are, this angsty teen. Um, But his brother actually went to prison, and Dante is this really book-smart boy, and they meet and really hit it off and they have this friendship that just slowly transforms into what would be considered 
a gay relationship. And at first they don't really see it um, because they're young. And it's kind of that discovery of, oh, I'm gay, while also being having those feelings for like your best friend. Um, and it's just, it's very, it's poetic almost, just it's how gorgeous. good it is. It's such a gorgeous book. And the audiobooks read by Lynn Manuel Miranda, beautiful. beautiful. Highly recommend. I honestly read this book once a year. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's very good. The next book on my list is Anger is a Gift by Marco Shiro. This book is about Moss, who's a teen whose father was murdered by the Oakland Police Department. It deals really um, authentically and honestly with police brutality and with the effect that living in fear of those you love being targeted by the police has on your mental health of people who experience that fear. Um, It's really honest and compelling and also its depiction of grief is very important to me. I highly recommend it. Gosh, Margo Shira is just such a fantastic writer. That book hits deep. Oh, it um, really does. Yeah, it is. I a, like couldn't put it down when I was reading it. I had to because I was crying so hard. So, you know, Fair. there are two types of people. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put it down for a month before I could pick it up again because it just, it was, it was, it's so hard hitting. It's just, it really, it really gets to you. On a lighter note, um, my next book that I have to recommend is not a YA book, but a new adult category book, um, which is a pretty contested genre. Um, A lot of people say new adult doesn't exist. It's just adult. um, But anyway, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. It's the book I have been recommending since I read it last year. It is um, about the first son in this book. version of the United States where we don't have the current president. Um, Alex Claremont. Already a great start. Yep. Alex Claremont Diaz. And it's as if like 2016 happened differently with um, different set of candidates because it isn't based on Hillary Clinton or anything. Um, It's just a different woman president. And if she would have won and how um, and Alex being in the White House, which I don't know, it's kind of like a therapeutic to read something where 2016 went differently. (laughs) That's real nice. Um, But Alex falls in love with um, a prince, actually, another royal, while on this royal podcast. Mm. Um, And his name's Prince Henry, and it is a gay relationship. But while Alex is bi and out, for the most part, not really out, but kind of out, um... (laughs) Henry is not out at all and so it's just a they're in the public spotlight and they have to deal with what it looks like both for their countries and for themselves to be gay and so it's just it's a really good read it's really soft it doesn't deal with very serious issues it's it's nice it's nice it's fun Yes, it's very fun. There's so many funny moments. Um, If anyone reads it and gets to the turkey scene, feel free to tweet at me. I will DM you and just talk about that turkey scene for years because it is the best scene ever written. Um, Casey McQuiston, if you ever hear this, just know that I'm still thinking about the turkey scene a year after reading it. (laughs) Anyway. Honestly, same. What good content. so good. Oh, it's thunderstorming here, too. Oh. I just heard thunder. Nice. Damn, we're both getting a storm. Yeah, ambiance. 
The next book on my list is Dreadnought by April Daniels. This is a book about a trans girl named Danny who suddenly transforms when the world's greatest superhero dies right in front of her um, and she gets his powers. Do be warned that it deals with a lot of transphobia, um, so that's something to be aware of. But I think trans superhero books are great and I want more of them. Okay, so the next book on my list is Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera. The main character, Juliet, is a Puerto Rican lesbian, and it's very important in the book because that's um, a big portion is about her identity. Um, She comes out to her family, and her mom won't speak to her. Um, So she goes to Oregon, and she interns for the author of her favorite book, Harlow Brisbane. So... This person is seen as, like, the ultimate authority on feminism, women's bodies, and other gay stuff. You know? You know, the huge. (laughs) Um, But what she really discovers is that, like, her hero isn't quite the hero that she thinks she is. And so it's Mm. about finding her identity, but also realizing that no one really has all the answers. Wow. That sounds awesome. It's very good. The next one on my list is a fun one. It's Proxy by Alex London. This is a dystopia novel. It's about a future world where people of the lowest class are tasked with taking on the punishments of um, a person from the highest class. And in return, that person pays all of that person's debts off. Um, If you're into like dystopia novels like The Hunger Games and Divergent, that sort of stuff, but you want gayer dystopian i highly recommend this one it's fun okay so i have something to admit this next one i haven't read yet because it Mm. just came out but i'm very excited to read it so i'm gonna recommend it anyway um so aiden thomas someone i've been following on twitter for a while has this book called cemetery boys and it's about this um latinx family that has a problem accepting the gender identity of yadriel um and he's like really determined to prove himself um to be a real Brujo is what it's described as. So with the help of his cousin, um, Maritza, he performs a ritual and sets out to find the ghost of actually his murdered cousin and set it free. So I'm very excited about this book. It's like, it's about like gender and also like cool supernatural stuff. I'm into that. I don't know. I'm very excited about it too. It's just, it's just, Like, the two things I'm interested in, I'm here for. Cool. The last book on my list is I Wish You All the Best by Love that book, love that book, love that book, love that book, love that book. Right? It's so good. Um, This was the first book I read published by a major publisher with a non-binary main character. And And it was published last year. Yeah, it was published last year. It was very recently. And... Mm -hmm. It was such an incredible experience to read this and see myself in YA and know that if I had read that book as a child or a young adult, like, it would have changed my life to see myself in that way. And it's about the main character coming out as non-binary and um, facing a falling out with their parents and, like, the upheaval of their life. And it focuses a lot on their anxiety, which is very relatable and very good, and on their budding relationship with a boy in their new town. It's very gay and very good and very pure, and it's, it's, I like it a lot. I recommend it. 
So another recent book to come out, um, another one I haven't read. I'm sorry. I'm working on it. it these all, the two, last two books I'm recommending definitely came out this month. Um, and I don't know about you, but we're in a pandemic. I can't get anywhere. Um, so this last book is called You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. So this book is about Liz, a main character who is a senior in high school, and she's planning on leaving her hometown for uh, this new life at an elite college that she really wants to go to. Um, she has all these big hopes. She wants to um, join like a world-renowned orchestra. She wants to become a doctor. Even though Liz doesn't really like the center of attention, she's actually up for prom queen, and she finds herself falling for her competition one of the other prom queens. So we got two queens falling in love. And they're caught between like the really cool new crush and also like the risk of losing the scholarship that comes with being prom queen because the only way for her to get into that elite school is if she wins the scholarship. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, I'm excited to read this one. It was one of the ones that I keep seeing recommended for me on like Twitter and stuff and I'm like I need to read this I need to read this right now I need to read this right now I love that yeah anyway that's all all right kids we finished the princess diaries and now you get to find out about our next book do you want to make the announcement oh I was gonna do a drum roll (gasps) Ooh, yes let's do a drum roll Next, we will be reading Ali Finkel's Rules for Girls, Moving Day. Woo! And we might have a surprise on that podcast. We might. We might just have a special guest. Our first guest. Whoa. We're fancy now. We are. We are. We are. I say that as if um, our first guest is not also your roommate. I'm just going to invite them into my blanket for it. It'll be nice. (laughs) Hey, welcome to our blanket fort. Thanks for coming to our podcast. (laughs) Anyway, we are very excited for this book. You can get your book through our bookshop link, which is available on our link tree um, slash the Cabot cast. And you can also order it from your favorite black bookstore, which we have an entire list of those available for you on our social media. Speaking of our social media, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Heck yeah, we have so many uh, platforms. I sound like I'm announcing something and I'm some ridiculous ad at this point. <laughs> you have a very good announcer voice. A plus. Thank you. I've been practicing. Is this what they teach you in school for public relations? How to market yeah, my things? This is my ad PR degree coming into use. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> they just have you practice my, that voice. We love my years. advertising degree. Thanks, school. Um, you can also follow us individually. I'm at car underscore Powell on Instagram and at Carter Powell on Twitter. What about you, Maddie? I am at MJ Ironfield on both of those things. Amazing. And don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast because that helps us out and tell your friends about us. Our next episode will be in two weeks. I really fast want to give a shout out to um, one of our fantastic reviewers, pburb 42 where um, they said this pasta, where they said, and this pasta, they were eating some good (laughs) pasta. (laughs) Me too. 
So Pburb42 said, this podcast is what you need. The hosts are incredible and the content is top notch, which is very sweet. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Anyway, um, I believe Maddie and I are both in the middle of a rainstorm and it is currently thundering outside of both of our apartments. So that's it. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next episode.